Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Clear the Cash. I'm your host, Nate List. You can find me on Twitter at an outraged you. And of course, the other guy on camera, if you are watching there, Jesse Bach. You can find him on Twitter at planet underscore fatness. Jesse, um, I come to you with somber tones today because, you know, two years ago, I was pretty hard on Ito Smith and I became the intro. Uh, talking of a highlight video that got 100,000 views. And I talked badly about Ito Smith. I said, anybody's going to look good in the conference he came from. I would look good in the conference he came from. I basically said, uh, you know, from this particular conference, if you're not D'Angelo Williams or Matt Forte or Chris Johnson, nobody's ever heard of you. And I was pretty hard on him. And I became the, you know, I became the motivation of a, a highlight reel. And everybody that replied to the video said, the guy in the intro is a fucking idiot. And it didn't feel very good. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be better than this. I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to resolve this negative energy that I'm portraying onto the universe. And I'm going to move past this. <clears throat> and then today, as we're recording this, which is a few days in advance of when it's going to post... A little something happened in the world of social media. Did you happen to catch what took place today? So on uh, Dwayne Eskridge's, I think it was a, it was an Instagram post. Um, he uh, referenced several uh, Roto Underworld live takes about him, um, but they weren't particularly positive. So it, not not too far from the, the Edo Smith talk you were talking about a couple years ago. You know, the hardest thing about this is that Dwayne Eskridge is a Seattle Seahawk, right? And I was on the show with Matt last Sonic Truth podcast. And, you know, we talked about that it feels early in the world of analytics for Dwayne Eskridge to have gone in the late second round. But the reality of the situation was he was probably always destined to go in the late second round. That's just where, you know, the film world, the media world, scouting, analytics, everything just kind of blended together. He was probably a, you know, early, mid third round guy to a late second round guy. So he goes to Seattle and I feel ultra guilty now because the little clip that he did starts out with me saying that he's going to turn 24 years old at the start of the season. But that's true. And that's not a good thing, Jesse. I mean, how many old receivers can we name that have just shredded the NFL? I mean, it's it's a fact. You weren't you weren't exaggerating something. You weren't even misinterpreting a stat or it, like he's 20 he's a 24-year-old fifth-year senior essentially coming out of school now. So, um 
We haven't seen too many super late breakouts, especially from the wide receiver position. Um, so I, I, I mean, I don't really think you were you were saying you were saying anything wrong there. Listen, Russell Wilson's got what nine years in the NFL. One of those nine years, he was top ten in the league in pass attempts. Every other year, he's like number seventeen, number nineteen, number twenty-four. Here's the issue: you got DK Metcalf. You got Tyler Lockett. You got however they're going to throw the ball in the running game. You've got whatever tight end play we're going to get this year. We got a new tight end in Gerald Everett. That's exciting for fantasy. Might be exciting for cards as well. You never know. Russ has showed some rapport with tight ends in the past. Might be a sneaky player to get your hands on, especially in the fantasy world. Where is Dwayne Eskridge going to get these targets from? And this isn't a there's too many mouths to feed thing. Like, he could have some explosive plays, but he's 24 years old, and the Seahawks clearly wanted a guy that they could do end-arounds with, a guy to contribute on special teams, a guy that was a speedster. But he's a he's a fifth-year senior. He's 24. And I'm the one getting flamed? I actually don't feel so bad because Kelly got flamed. Ray Garvin got flamed. He took down the whole underworld and turned it into a motivational video clip. So if you guys haven't seen it, I retweeted it. Ray retweeted it. Matt retweeted it. Dwayne Eskridge, go to his Instagram. I think I think the bottom line here is that we all agreed when it was over that we love Dwayne Eskridge even more now. Like, I'm actually a bigger fan of him now that he basically was like, you know what, screw you guys. I'm going to be better than the sum of three idiots talking bad about me. Now, admittedly, Ray, uh, probably a lot closer in parallel to any skill set that translates to playing on this level where myself and Matt Kelly... Uh, very much not close. So, I mean, I'm wearing a LeBron James jersey that's in my size, and I don't fill it out. So I don't know what that tells you. But that's problematic at best. But Dwayne Eskridge, man, 24 years old, it's a question. Uh, you said you just did a fantasy draft. You just did a, a rookie draft, and you saw Dwayne Eskridge get selected. And where did you see him go in your rookie draft? Uh, he went at the 302. But, Nate, you left out the best part of this. Uh, so I happened to be in a league with our own Matt Kelly and Matt was the one who selected Dwayne Eskridge at the 302. So it's, if, if you're not at least considering Dwayne Eskridge in the late second or early third round in rookie drafts, you're not, you're not a real Roto Underworld fan at this point. No, I, I think it's funny because as you've noted, he did draft Dwayne Eskridge after Dwayne Eskridge flamed the underworld. This selection was not made prior to it. And I'm looking at my Superflex uh, Dynasty rankings right now. I dropped my top 25 last week. If you guys want to check that out, patreon.com forward slash I'm Outrage. And in my top 25, I don't see Dwayne Eskridge. He's not in my list. So to your credit, I think this is about where he's going to go. I think when we start to look at the guys at the beginning of the third round in this range, that's where Dwayne Eskridge is going to go. And for all the reasons that I've mentioned, I don't see how he outscores, uh, you know, at least 11 other wide receivers in front of him. Potentially more without injury. I just think even down to De'Ami Brown, guys like this, I just don't see how you leapfrog names like that. Um, but nonetheless, dynamic player, the most dynamic player in the class, by the way, per the Breakout Finder app. Go get that if you have not. Jesse, so I feel guilty. I'm going to be better than this. Watch next year. I'm not not one person, not one prospect is going to talk bad about me or anybody in the Roto Underworld group. You watch. 
We're going to be better next year. And you can be better this year. You're looking to make some money. Everybody's looking to make extra money. Okay, Jesse. And as you know, Underdog is the sponsor of the show. Uh, they've been very helpful and they are expanding faster than anybody could have ever imagined. And uh, Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL best ball. I love best ball leagues. I hate setting lineups. It's the only way to do it. Underdog has mastered this easy-to-play format. No waivers, no trades, just draft. Uh, Underdog will set your best possible lineup at the end of each week so you can do as many drafts as you want with nothing to manage. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's contests for the 2021 NFL season are already live, including the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament, which has over $3.5 million in prizes. Underdog is available in the App Store, in the Google Play Store, and at underdogfantasy.com. And Underdog is so confident, Jesse, that if you play and you don't like it, they'll give you your money back up to $100. It's a pretty good deal. So Underdog is doing some great things. Have you have you dabbled in Underdog yet? I have not, but um, <gasps> I, we 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 probably should be mentioning at this point that at at some point during this off season, uh, we should create a league with some patrons. So maybe a, maybe a twelve man league, and you know, kind of dabble with with uh, with underdog that way. That's that's a great idea. I'm gonna put cards on the line. A challenge. This is a challenge to anybody out there. Only patrons. We're gonna Jesse's gonna put up his most expensive card. That's the that's the deal. He's like, Jesse don't speak for that. me. He's not doing it. So, Jesse, here's a question as we get back to card content. PSA did something pretty significant here over the past couple weeks. Uh, we didn't talk about it on any of the previous shows. Again, you were vacationing frivolously wherever you were. Frolicking. Uh, Rodeo yeah. Drive. I don't Where was it? I, I said I was frolicking when I was away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. But nonetheless, you weren't here. You weren't on that grind, Jesse, um, but you're always on that card grind. So here's a question for you. PSA has officially gone hybrid. They are now going to start using computer grading, which is something that we saw HGA doing. Tell me what you know about this and you know, what does this mean for the future? So the company, this is about two weeks ago or so, um, the company that PSA acquired uh, for a pretty decent price tag uh, is called Genement. Um, I, I think they, they just acquired their technology and, and I, I guess the company too, but Genement wasn't, I don't think they were dabbling in, in cards or even grading in cards themselves. Um, but it's, it's a pretty big deal just given that PSA has come all this way to, um, pick up automated grading or, or, uh, integrating AI, AI into their grading process. So when I looked at PSA's website just to see the company statement uh, about this about this transaction and and how it's going to affect the company moving forward, they actually it seems like the primary reason that they acquired Genement um, to be incorporated into their grading process is because it's going to basically uh, clear their backlog quicker now. So I, they have a, a big goal into clearing their backlog completely or 90% of the backlog or something by July. And I think they, they knew even when they put out that statement that they're suspending grading from whatever, April to July, um, that, was, that was a pretty big undertaking 
for them, even with no very very few to no cards being submitted to them. So it's interesting that they are using this this technology to help their active backlog right now. Like they're going to start using the, this technology immediately, basically. And what I thought was surprising was, um, to be honest, when HGA came about, I thought for sure HGA was going to either be acquired by BGS or PSA at some point down the road. Um, just because I, more and more people are respecting their slabs. They, I, I mean, people have their opinions about whether or not their slabs actually look nice. But with the whole process and everything and accuracy, I, I think there are more fans of HGA than not. Um, and I think, I, I mean, I don't think PSA is naive. I, I, I know that they understand that HGA has a place in the hobby now and more and more big auction houses and uh, buy and sell platforms are, are uh, putting HGA slabs on their websites and auction houses. So um, I, I figured maybe around the July, August time, there was a chance that HGA would be bought out by PSA or BGS. But I think PSA realized that they have uh, a good amount of work to get uh, to get done. They have a good amount of work ahead of them with their backlog, so they wanted to clear it out as, as much as possible. And what's what's interesting about this this technology, so I, I think there's pluses and minuses to this whole transaction. So I think inevitably it will uh, make the grading process a lot faster. I, it's already pretty quick. It's just, I mean, it's not PSA's fault. They just have ten, like uh, over 10 million cards in their backlog right now um, that that have still that still have to be returned to buyers, but. Um, the average time that a grader takes to grade a card is about like a minute or so, um, like 30 seconds to a minute. I think with, with Geniman's technology, the, the card is basically scanned by whatever uh, AI system uh, within five to 10 seconds, they already assign a grade to the card. And the technology that, that Geniman has, it's very, um, it's very smart machine learning, uh, I, 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 from what it sounds like, from what Nat Turner has said on a, on a couple of podcast appearances, is that you know within just a couple of uh, times seeing like the technology seeing the same card or or different versions of the same card, um, it comes up with a pretty accurate grade itself, and and the technology it's it's very. It's very uh, nuanced and um, it's very it's like super sensitive in terms of picking up um, imperfections on a card. Like I, I'm not just talking about uh, like dimples or nail imprintings or if cards off center, corners, edges, whatever, uh, all that good stuff. Like it it'll sense slight color imperfections in the card it, it like if, if a whole service is supposed is supposed to be like perfectly green or something and if it if it sees like one part of it is like a little off green it'll pick that up even if even if the human eye doesn't see it immediately so i think in terms of cl clearing out the backlog in terms of more accurate grades this is probably one of the best moves that psa could have made um but I do have a couple of concerns. I, I'm I'm more I'm kind of cautiously optimistic with this whole transaction. So um, Nat Turner, the the head of PSA, he is a big collector himself. I know we've talked about him before in terms of PSA being bought out by him and his entrepreneurial group. Um, 
imagine if if you had an unlimited fund to buy cards that's essentially what his collection looks like and he's been collecting for basically his entire life so um he's he's a very passionate collector himself in addition to obviously being the head of this huge uh colossal company so one of my first concerns was is a PSA 10 that's graded with this technology is it going to be looked at as differently than if uh, if a slab was if, if a car was graded a PSA 10 before this technology was introduced into PSA's system um, I think he's done a pretty good job in um, kind of calming my concern that way um, in terms of you know pr price differences and like even being able to tell that this card was like that card X was graded by Genement, um unless if people like just diehard uh, collectors just start looking at uh, serial numbers and then oh from serial number X on they used Genement to grade um, I don't think that's necessarily going to be too big of a, of a concern, but you never know. Um, maybe more and more sellers will see the serial number. They'll see what data was graded at PSA and they'll know that, okay, this was after, this was after the PSA, uh, acquisition of Genement. Um, so we know that this card, this card was graded by Genement technology. So maybe sellers can advertise on eBay that, oh, this card was graded by Genement. Um, so maybe they'll, they'll try to drive prices up that way, but, um, I think the, the market will inevitably say what they want to say, um, and prices will be reflected that way. Um, I, I mean, it's a small concern, but I, I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be, um, too much of a problem. But another thing that I saw on PSA's announcement on their website of this, of the acquisition of Genement is that the company actually, uh, their technology actually has the ability to fingerprint cards. Um, I don't know too much, like too much about the specifics of this process, but essentially if let's say you submit a card in, you know, whenever the backlog clears. So you, you submit a John Moran prison, uh, John Moran prison base and it comes back in a couple months, you get a PSA seven, you want to Let's say, you know, you want to at least shoot for a nine or something and you don't see anything wrong with the card. So you crack the slab and then resubmit it. PSA will actually, upon the card being scanned again by Genement, by Genement's technology, PSA can pick up whether or not this card was already submitted before by this fingerprint, whatever this fingerprint technology is. So I think reslabbing is going to be... Um, uh, kind of a concern if you're just going to reslab at the same company at, at, at PSA essentially. So, um, and there's going to be other other concerns. I know PSA is going to try to uh, dis dissuade people from resubmitting, or like cracking and resubmitting to PSA again. Um, there, there's going to be other things. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it on on other episodes. But um, just a, just a couple of pluses and minuses and. Um, you know, it's kind of a situation where I, I think in the long term, this will this will honestly have great this will mean great things for grading with PSA. But um, could it be kind of a be careful what you wish for situation? Maybe. But I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic here. The regrading cards 
cracking them, taking them out of the slab is like, I get the allure of it, but at the same time, it's the reason why a car that's serial numbered at 25 has like 35 graded versions of it at, at PSA because people keep taking it out, sending it back in, trying to upgrade it. So the reality is that if, if we say that computer grading is the end-all be-all, then the hope is that you would send it in and you would get what you get and that's the end of it. But the reality is I used to work for an eBay coin seller out here in my part of the world and guy makes a ton of money selling coins on eBay. He still does, believe it or not. Gold coins, you know, mint coins, whatever. And mint state on coins goes up to, I think, um, I want to say it goes to mint state 70, I believe, MS 70. Nonetheless, or maybe it's 67, I can't remember. Point is, this guy would crack the coins out and he would send the coins back in because the difference between one number grade would increase the value so significantly. But the issue with this is when you're talking about population counts, and I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I feel like we want the pop counts to be dialed in. Like they're they're so out of control sometimes. I've had guys send me stuff and they're like, why is there like 30 more than the actual like amount of cards that were ever produced. And it's like, well, that's the only answer is that people keep breaking them out of the slabs. And that's just PSA, right? Because there could be 25 of a card. Eight could have gone to BGS. One could go to SGC. 15 go over here, right? So, you know, this might be a way of course correcting that because I'm sure PSA doesn't like it either. But, but that being said, even if they didn't serial the card, it should come back the exact same grade if it went through a machine, right? I mean, that's the assumption. I, I, I think that's. I, I don't really mind the whole resubbing aspect of this, where, um, like you, you said you, what you just said, I've found out myself after I bought a certain card. So I bought a gold card out of ten. I won't, I, I won't say what it is. I'm sure I'll post about it one day, but, um, I, it's not at PSA. It's at BGS. But I, the pop count. So it's a gold out of 10. The pop count on the card, I think, is like uh, there's like nine BGS 9.5s, which, which is what I have. So nine out of 10. But then there's there's like a nine. There might be an eight. Like there there's more than 10. So pe people basically just kept resubbing to BGS. I honestly have no idea if any if there are any copies graded by PSA. I haven't I haven't looked at that fact, but um, I think in terms of of a more accurate grade, like why should you resubmit the card? I, I mean, maybe if if you can kind of, if there are other companies that don't incorporate AI into their grading process, like if SGC doesn't or if BGS doesn't, may, like maybe you can crack it out and and sub to them, and maybe try to go for at least a mint or to a gem. Um, but. I mean, with resubbing to PSA, it's it, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense if if the grade is going to be that much more accurate. And the Genement is not; they don't have the final say on the grade. The grader still has the final say on the grade. But I I, I would like to think that the Genement has Genement definitely goes into the grader's process in terms of giving the card a final grade. Yeah, I mean, it should because if you're go to if you're going to go to the length to have it computer graded my assumption would be you would just lean on the computer and if there's an issue in the eyes of the actual grader you would calibrate your system to go hey my grader recognized this so it's looking at color the wrong way or it's not being accurate with the corners or whatever like let's calibrate the system so every time this jaw morant card comes through 
it views it like it goes, hey, this is what a 10 looks like. Boom, I'm looking at this card. This card's an eight and a half or whatever it is. But nonetheless, here's a question for you based on this whole topic. PSA going with, you know, computer grading. Do you think that with them already being the biggest in the market, with them already being considered the, the most sought after, the most respected, the king of the mountain, now that they're going with computer grading, do you think that this throttles HGA's momentum? Let me let me add another another part to that because the big issue with PSA was that the backlog was so full that people were forced to go to BGS. They were forced to try HGA. They may have wanted to go to PSA, but the prices went up and there was no way to get cards in. If that backlog recedes and they're they're open again for business, that's more or less my question. What then happens to HGA? Do they become the low budget version of computer grading? Probably, but. Uh, I don't think this is going to be like nobody's talked about what's going to happen after July. People are looking at this from a very short term view. Um, I think there's a good chance that PSA shuts down grading again, regardless of having Genement, just because the demand is so high for PSA slabs right now. Um, we're, like we're seeing an all time high in uh, in demand in, in PSA. Uh, I don't. I mean, who knows? Maybe it might be. From July, like let's say, all right, let's say they clear out their backlog in July. Maybe by December, maybe even sooner, they might have to shut it down again, just because they're getting five hundred thousand to a million cards a week, um, just because the demand for grading is so high. What's actually crazy with like the whole PSA demand right now? Um, I've listened to uh, to more experienced like OG collectors, people that have been in the game for 20, 30 years, uh, never left. They, uh, even as soon as like five, six years ago, believe it or not, the BGS 9.5 was the talk of the town. That was like, that was like the gold standard back then over the PSA 10. It's so the whole, the whole price difference with PSA 10s and BGS 9.5s where it's, you know, it's like 1.75 to 2.25 times the price of a BGS 9.5. It used to be the opposite. It used to be. BGS 9.5s, even even a min gem to a true gem, they would be like one and a half to two and a half times more expensive than a PSA 10. So it's funny how um, demand and, and time, uh, demand changes over time, essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, with HGA, I, I think because because I think that PSA will inevitably inevitably have to shut down grading maybe multiple times over the course of the next year or two or five years. Um, I think th I think that's going to be a big reason why people are going to continue to submit to HGA. And who knows? Maybe you know the reason that it's so tough to grade with HGA now is because they only they only accept twelve hundred cards a week just because their their company isn't super big right now, but. You never know. They could find the right group of investors that might want to expand the company um, and hire 10 times the amount of graders that they have now. And 10, that, that means 10 times the amount of graders also means, you know, 10 times the amount of technology, essentially. So um, they could honestly, uh, if, if anything, they can get stronger with time. Um, just because of the demand for PSA. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough to say. We're kind of looking at we're, we're, we're looking at this from like an intermediate to long-term perspective. And it's really, it, it's hard to say, but at the same time, you never know uh, if, if BGS has the funds to 
to acquire HGA, I mean, they easily could. Or if SGC, do, if SGC has the funds, they can as well. So you never know. Um, but I, I think this is a big step with uh, hybrid grading being more mainstream than it already is. We've talked about this before. I think one of my ultimate concerns would be if I had a really nice card, and maybe not even really nice, if I had a nice card, I would still prefer to wait out PSA than submit it to HGA because HGA still has to go through a period of adoption where, sure, their slabs look cool and it's unique and it's new and the grading process is different, but how are they doing one for one on eBay face to face with a PSA 10, right? Like a HGA 10 versus a PSA 10, how are they looking right now? Um, well, uh, PSA 10, of course, is going to go for more. But what's interesting enough, I don't know how ongoing this has been, but I have seen some HGA 9.5s, interestingly enough, go for as much, if not more, than a BGS 9.5. There, there have been some circumstances uh, where this has happened. So, um, and it's not like for cards that are tens of thousands of dollars. We're talking like maybe silver prisms. So, um, I mean, I, I think HGA is more respected than people think. Um, if anything, more uh, there are more uh, platforms that are allowing HGA slabs on their websites, like. I, I mean, eBay is eBay, but um, like even my slabs is now accepting HGA and CS and uh, CSG or CGC slabs, um, and I, PWCC is as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if if Golden is is the next shoe to drop. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm I mean, there is more of a demand with HGA just because probably because so many people are trying to submit to them as of right now. So, um, yeah, HGA, they, they still have, uh, they still have a good amount of room to grow and, and, and they're doing pretty well themselves. What it's really going to take. And I think we talked about this when that Luca hollow man, uh, came or the logo man card came out. The, all it takes is a couple people with some really notable cards, sending them to HGA to be graded, and as soon as the confidence like that starts to come into play, then you can see a company like HGA rise. I mean, they're doing well now. They're getting notoriety. Again, it's fresh. It's new. It's different. They're able to take cards. But if you get a couple big name people to start dropping some notable items over there, that's really what I feel like would turn the corner. We talked about that with that Luca logo, man. Like they took it to BGS. Why they go to BGS versus PSA? I'm sure PSA would have happily graded that card for them and slabbed it. Um, but it went to BGS, and I'm not sure how much effect it really had. I almost wonder if that if that Luca had gone to HGA, like how much more effective it might have been. Because for some reason, we keep talking about BGS, but they they're like getting hurtled by people. They're they, like you say, they were they were really prevalent in the past, and they're still number two in the world of of card collecting. But PSA is always this titan. Then something new kind of shows up. And it sort of becomes maybe a little more popular than BGS a little bit. I don't know. It's really weird the way that it's taking place. But maybe to your point, like if if enough nice cards make their way through HGA, maybe it does rise. But again, if BGS bought them, like you said, wow, that would be that'd be pretty amazing. You take the credibility and power of BGS 
take the the new wave style of grading that HGA has, you put them together, and maybe that's what has to happen. I mean, that's the NBA way, right? You make a super team. It's the only way to win a title. I mean, how how the hell are you going to stop? I don't Who's the favorite right now? The Nets, I guess. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, you never know. You yeah. want to talk about a super team? At least the Warriors at one point in time drafted all those players. That was what was really crazy. And then right? they like, what? What they won another two with KD? One or two? Uh, I think they won two. Lost one, won two. Okay, right. Was he there three years? They lost one to yeah. LeBron. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, King yep. James. Yep. Puff chest out. <laughs> yeah. So. I I'm, I was shocked. Um, I was on eBay, found a sale of a card. Gonna need your input on this. Now, this card hits home really, really close for us. I almost feel like in a small way, we may have actually, you know, we may have, have initiated this purchase. Like we were, we were the cog in the wheel that made this purchase happen. Now, Jesse... As I said, you have not looked at this link. You don't know what this is. It's on the show sheet. You haven't clicked it yet. But I told you that even if this card was accepted at 25% of what it claims to have been accepted for, it would still probably be the most expensive sports card sold of all time. Shocking. Now, Jesse, go ahead and click this link, and let's talk about what you see. What? (laughs) Oh, my God. So please describe to the listeners who can't see this what you are seeing. Uh, On April 27th, a card was accepted with a best offer of how much? Um, Okay, all right. How do you say money laundering without saying money laundering? Um, Right? Now, I think (sighs) that this is money laundering or somebody's paying off somebody for a hit. I mean, there's something's going on here, Jesse, and we're the first ones to the case. We're the uh, first ones that arrived on the scene. All right. I'll describe it first. And I, I have some questions. Um, Do it. all right. So this is, this is a 1990 OP cheap premier, uh, Yarmir Yager PSA 10. Yes. You're goddamn right. It is. <laughs> oh my God. What have we done to the Yager market? Okay. Um, all right. So this card, it's from what it looks like to me, it was accepted with a best offer of $18 million. <laughs> $18 million. <laughs> with $14.95 shipping. Okay. Not yeah, that's $14.95. Not they, they had the balls to tax shipping. Onto this card. I have a question, Jesse. Now, I've shipped some cards that I thought were relatively expensive. If you're the seller of a card for $18 million, are you putting it in a safe and shipping the safe? Like, how are you sending this card? The the only time you you should charge for shipping is when you physically... I, I don't have an arbitrary amount in mind, but if it's, if it's in the high five to six figure range and you physically have to fly yourself in order to make sure that this card is in the buyer's hands safely. Um, there's not really a reason to, to ship it, but, um, or to, to charge for shipping, but what the hell do we do in this market? Number one. Um, and 
the the pop count is I, I I'm still like I'm I'm kind of trying to even think rationally about this, but it's like impossible. Um, I I believe the pop count of this card. This is like Yager's most sought after com- relatively common base card. I I'm pretty sure there's over like two thousand PSA tens or over a thousand PSA tens, and this was sold for for eighteen million dollars. So basically, f- like four LeBron exquisite BGS nine fives out of out of twenty three. I mean, Jesse, somebody was clearly whacked. Somebody somewhere has got cement boots on. Something is going on in Alberta. I I don't. Okay. Here's the real kick in the nuts. So I go to the seller. I go to the seller and I click on see other items. The seller has literally the same card asking for $1,000 or best offer, a PSA 10, of the same card to my knowledge. I know it says rare pink box variant, but it looks like the almost identical same card. Dude, this card, I can't I can't make this up, guys. This card was best offer accepted for $20 million. Why is nobody talking about this? Um do you think that like all right, better question. Do you think the sale actually went through? Do you think $18 million was actually transacted here? Do you think absolutely like, you think the money you okay, so you think the money moved hands? Do you see the guy's name? His name is Uncle Mabel. You think anybody's <laughs> fucking with Uncle Mabel? All right. This is very clearly is a drug dealer or something's going on, Jesse. I have you ever seen a sale like this? Fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I, I thought. I thought the, uh, the, what's it called? Oh my God. What was that sale we were talking about? Like maybe a month, a month or two the ago. Fortnite one? The Fortnite one. I thought that was bad. The, the, what, what was it? Like a hundred thousand dollar sale? Jesus. Um, 18 I thought, and a half million dollars. <sighs> Explain this to me. Like, can we, I have a question. So can we even go back and see like what the original best offer on this was? Like if I click on the listing, what was the original asking price? Were they asking $20 million? It looks like they were asking $20 million. Yeah. What the hell's going on here? Uh, FBI, CIA, if you're, if you're listening, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess we're available for an interview. Yeah. Uh, just I mean, for finding this. I'm going to tweet this uncomfortably. I'm going to have to lock my whole house up tonight in the event that uncle Mabel comes looking what would make it really crazy if this was the only sale on uncle mabel's record that would make it more sketch right if it was like he's got 880 but nonetheless i can't explain this but you have to admit in some small way this was because of us uh admittedly so there has been um a little bit more attention on the yager market ever since uh nate you and i uh, mentioned him back in our sh- back at our show in um, what was it January January February something like that yeah Mar- like Yager's Mar- ever since we talked about Yager on that show his price two x on almost every card I know the hockey market is kind of I mean it's it's still undervalued um, I, as I I I, I kind of say that tongue in cheek but no it it seriously is like way cheaper than a lot of the other sports but. Um, I, I don't, 
I mean, I guess I'll take some credit, but if like I, I if anybody was killed or seriously injured over this, I don't really want any credit at all. Look, I, I don't blame you, Jesse. We're just trying to do our job out here. We're boots on the ground. We're just reporting what we see. Jesse, and this is the most egregious purchase I've ever seen. But with that being said, if you're going to spend $20 million, I've said it <laughs> at least 100 times, spend it on Yarmir Yager. I don't know why the car that we co-own, we don't list right now with the best offer of $20 million. Should we? What are the odds? Oh, dude, it's got to be $100 million. Our card is way cooler than this pop a thousand card. I'm just saying, okay, let's let's go. Let's run down one more scenario real quick. What if the guy that bought this car just has a lot of money and he's just bopping around the internet looking for <laughs> hockey cards and he's like, I'm just going to throw around tens of millions of dollars. Maybe we should list ours in the event that he comes back around. You think Jeff Bezos is a Yager fan? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I just, I'm going to post this link on Twitter for the listeners of this show. Maybe one of you can dig deeper. I know somebody that's a listener of this show is probably like a junior sleuth a gumshoe, as they used to say. I need somebody to do some digging and really figure out what happened here. Reach out to Uncle Mabel. Get us some answers. We want to know how the hell this <laughs> card with a pop count of like 2,000 sold for $18.5 million. There's no answers, Jesse. I, I, yeah. have, I have nothing to say on the subject. Car, I, I, are cards are cards a front now for, for drug dealing? I... It's hard to argue when a card like this goes for a price like I thought that. that. I thought that's what Top Shot was for. But, and nobody's talking about it, but nobody's <laughs> saying anything. So, Jesse, I, I don't want to go any deeper on this. I think we've, go, I think we've gone too far. They're going to hear this episode. We're both going to have problems. Luckily, I'm moving out of this godforsaken place very, very soon. Jesse, once again, Lord's work. Uh, your information on HGA was poignant, accurate, life-altering for many. So guys, check out HGA. I have a bunch of friends that are trying to get in the queue now. I know it can be difficult. As you mentioned, they're really throttling how much they're going to allow at any given time, but they seem to be one of the few graders that are actually doing things. And to be honest with you, I might actually prefer them to SGC right now. I'm personally not a huge SGC fan. It seems like by your nodding, you would agree. Yeah, I... I used to think, I, I don't know, my taste kind of changed. We'll probably talk about this on, on another episode, but I, the more you're in, in the card game and the hobby, your, your, your preferences change with time. And that even includes slabs. So, um, yeah, they don't have the same appeal for me as they did originally. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing the game change. Nonetheless, Jesse, we will deliver more fire next week. We're going to find an even crazier card than this. Probably not. This is probably the worst purchase we'll ever find. It'll be tough of to top this. Yep. Listen, listeners of the show, we want to make this interactive. If you guys can find an insane eBay card purchase, one that you just think is wacky, ridiculous, overpriced, send it to Jesse, send it to me. If it's good enough, it'll make the show. We are actively looking for a ridiculous purchase every week. So help us out. Let's make the show a little more interactive. Jesse, once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, you're the reason that people listen and we will be back next week on clear the cash. Clear the cash.